0: This message was preached as Pulpit Supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Uh, if you would, turn in your Bibles to First Peter chapter 1. This will be the last week we're in First Peter chapter 1. Um, finishing it up. Um, <clears throat> I always like to uh, begin by just kind of reminding us where we've been. I seem like I, I do that every time, but uh, remember, uh, he started out by telling us that all three persons of the Trinity were involved in our salvation, uh, and that uh, we were sprinkled with the blood of Jesus. Now, that's important for today uh, in the text we're looking at uh, this morning, and also, um, we, we can praise God for all those reasons that we've talked about. We we've, can we've praise God because he's caused us to be born again, right? He's caused us to be born again to a living hope. We have a future. Um, Right now, we live in this present evil age. We live in this age where we experience hostility from the world. But one day, He's coming. He's going to put all of His enemies under His feet. And we will reign with Him in glory. Amen? Amen. That's a reason to praise Him. And He holds us in His hands. Now, the book of 1 Peter... I think I've talked about this before, the book of 1 Peter. And actually all of the letters, they have kind of two different kinds of literature. There's, there's one in which uh, part of it is telling us, this is what God has done. right? This is what God has done. And, and those things we've talked about so far have, have been, this is what God has done. And then there's, on the basis of what God has done, this is how we live. He tells us, uh, on how we live, we're to, uh, you know, we're, we're to be heavenly minded. We're to set our hope fully on the grace that's to be revealed. We're to to fear God. We're We're to be holy as He is holy. And here today, we're going to look at another thing that we have been called to do on the basis of what Jesus has already done. We're to love one another. We love one another because of what God has done in us. Let's look at our text, beginning in verse 22, 1 Peter Chapter one, verse 22, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God for all flesh is grass and its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word has brought us life. Your word has produced a new birth within us. And Father, we pray, Lord, that you would Help us to have ears to hear and eyes to see. Father, give me grace and strength as I preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. He begins here, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth. This is something that's already been done right? Having purified your souls. We stand as believers. If we've been born again, we stand in a condition where our souls have been purified, having been, having purified your souls. And how did we purify our souls? It was by obedience to the truth. Now, how do you obey the truth? You believe it, right? You believe. So when we believed the gospel, when we heard the preaching of the gospel, that Jesus came and lived a sinless life, that he died for our sins as our substitute, that he paid our debt, and we believe that and we threw ourselves on Jesus, that is what, when our our souls have been purified, we've been sprinkled with his blood, just like the first few verses said, uh, by our obedience to the truth. Then it says, for a sincere love, uh, brotherly love. The point here, I think it says, for a sincere brotherly love, the reason why God has saved us, the reason why He has purified our souls, the reason why all this has taken place is because God in saving us, in in giving us new life, he has created a community of, of his children who love one another. That's what he's doing. I mean, in Jesus coming and dying on the cross, he was creating a community of brothers and sisters who love one another. His children adopted as sons and daughters in Christ so because our souls have been purified because we have believed the gospel because he's done this all for a sincere love of the brethren therefore we are to love one another earnestly well, that's a command we like to hear isn't it that's a command we don't we don't like to hear that do not do this do not do that do not We like to hear this, love one another earnestly, right? But that's not easy, is it? You don't have to be a Christian for very long to know it's not easy to love one another. Because sometimes we get on each other's nerves, right? Sometimes we're we're sinners, Even, even after we have trusted in Christ, even after we have experienced the new birth. We're sinners, and sometimes we plainly are selfish. Sometimes we do things that, that um, um, get on each other's nerves. We get angry with one another. We might, even for a time, hold a grudge. You know, that's one reason why we do the Lord's Supper, isn't it? Jesus said, if you come to the altar to give your gift and you uh, there, remember, your brother has something against you, go and make it right. And then come back and offer your offering. The Lord's Supper ought to remind us every week. Hey, if I've got a grudge against somebody, that's not right. It's more important that I get that right first, and then I can come and partake of the Lord's Supper. Isn't that right? We are called. We are. We are um, born again. All of these things, because God was creating a community of brothers and sisters of His children that would love one another. And it says earnestly. From a pure heart. Earnestly. We want to love one another fervently with with real feeling behind it. Um, And we want to love um, sincerely from a pure heart. You know, Sometimes you can walk into a place and they say, oh, we're just a really loving church. But you can sense it's all talk, right? Sometimes you can sense, uh, well, they're all talking about love and everything like that, but... Maybe you can cut the tension with a knife. (laughs) Jesus calls us to love one another earnestly from a pure heart with sincerity. Sometimes some people you can you can talk to them and they can be all sweet and nice and and just say, oh, yeah, we just love one another. But you can see right through it, can't you? Now, Jesus doesn't want any kind of hypocrisy in our love for one another. He wants us to really love one another. And when we have something against a brother, because we're sinners, we fall, we, we offend one another from time to time, he gives us instructions what to do. We are to go and make it right. We do what like is in Matthew chapter 18. We go to that brother and tell them, this is what's happened. And if they don't repent, or if you can't reconcile, then you bring another person. And if they still can't reconcile, you bring, the whole, bring it before the whole church, right? Because God wants us to love one another and not to have any sin between us that causes us to be unreconciled with one another. Not only in the cross have we been reconciled to God, but we have been reconciled to one another. Amen. So, having been having purified your souls for your obedience to the truth, for a sincere love, for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart, since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. He's reminding us of what he said. We praise God because He's caused us to be born again, right? And the base one of the basis. For why we love one another is because we have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Now, I've talked about perishable and imperishable before, haven't I? That perishable nice piece of fruit. Oh, it's so sweet and oh, it just tastes so wonderful. But it, it, it fades away. It's not as good when it's been sitting on the counter for a couple of weeks, right? Right? It's perishable. But what's imperishable is the word of God. The Bible here tells us we have been born again of perishable, uh, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable seed. Right. Um, The distinction he's making here is our new birth. The, the, the fact that we have been born again is not based on perishable seed. That is, our biological descendant, you know, our biological uh, birth. It's not based on our bloodline. It's not based on the family that we were born into. Our new birth is not based... That's the perishable seed. And our families, while we love them, while we cherish them in this life... Our, family, our biological relationships are not as strong and enduring as the imperishable relationships. When we've been born again, when we've been gathered together in a community for the sincere love of the brother, when we are a part of a church, when we are a part of, of, of the community of believers, our love for one another and our relationships will last Forever. We're going to be in heaven together, okay? Now, our that that, that means uh, the the uh, the old saying you know goes blood is thicker than water, right? Saying the 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 family bonds and ties are stronger than anything else, and you know I, I think I don't think it's a coincidence that says blood is thicker than water. You can just think of the waters of baptism there, right? We say, and, and sometimes you can go into a church and. The families are so tight, you just can't get in, right? It's kind of, maybe kind of clickish because there's just families. And, and if you're not a part of that family, you can't. But our relationships with one another as believers, because of the new birth, is stronger than those biological family ties. And so we ought to love one another on the basis of the fact that we've been brought into a new family. We are, 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 uh, the new birth has made us brothers and sisters in a way that will outlast our biological relationships. So that has implications. So now, instead of the old saying, blood is thicker than water, the, the truth is, biblically, water, talking about the waters of baptism, is thicker than blood. Put a new twist on things. That means our brothers and sisters of different ethnicities, black, red and yellow, black and white, right? Our our brothers and sisters from different ethnicities, from different countries, from different um, uh, socioeconomic status, whether rich or poor, um, whether young or old, uh, our brothers and sisters are more, should be more precious, should be more... um, enduring in our relationships than even our own family. That's a hard teaching, isn't it? That's a hard teaching. So many of us, family is everything to us, right? Uh, My own sister just on on Facebook just the other day, uh, I think it was just yesterday, she posted a picture of she and I whenever we were little kids. And um, uh, she said, family is everything to me. And I appreciate that. That's really great. And that's, that's, but you know what? You and I are family and that's, that's everything. That's even more because we're going to be in heaven together. Like I said, we're going to, we're going to have a relationship that will last forever. Um, I may be just a visiting preacher for right now, right? But we are, we are kin. We're family. Um, here the Word of God says, We've been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. What is this imperishable seed? It's the Word of God. And the Word of God it was, is what causes the new birth. The Word of God causes the... We have been born again through the living and abiding Word of God. So... Uh, this is how I picture how salvation happens. When we hear the gospel preached, when we hear the gospel preached, it does a work inside of us. When we hear it comes into our ear and into our heart and if we believe if it, that changes us from the inside out, uh, the word causes our new birth Now, that, that has implications for the way that I preach. Um, I believe that the power of God for salvation is in preaching the Bible. So you won't find me very often. I mean, 99% of the preaching that I do will be expository preaching. It's coming straight out of the, the Bible. I rarely, rarely ever do uh, what you call topical preaching. And even whenever I do do topical preaching, it's gonna be based on certain passages. Okay, Um, if the Bible, if the word of God is where the power is for salvation, then that's where the preacher ought to always get his message. Isn't that right? The preacher should not just coming up and giving seven marriage tips. Right. But but it's from the Bible, from the Bible. That is where because that's where the power is in which our new birth comes from. He tells us here, uh, he quotes the Old Testament and says, All flesh is grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls, but the word of the Lord remains forever. Springtime. It's getting time for mowing, isn't it? I've mowed my lawn at least once already this, this, uh, this year. And, uh, you know, you first get it mowed and there's grass clippings around. And it doesn't take very long and all that's just compost. <laughs> right? The grass withers. The flowers fade. And that's the way the Bible talks about even this imperishable seed. This, this, uh, the, our, our biological relationships. It fades. But the Word of the Lord The Word of the Lord remains forever. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the Word of the Lord remains forever. So, the Word of the Lord causes our new birth, the Word of the Lord, when we hear the Gospel preached, when we hear the Bible preached, when we hear this message of Jesus of God sending His Son Jesus to save us for by dying on a cross, being our substitute, when we hear that, something happens that's mystical, something happens that God does and He produces the new birth inside of us and He makes us into a new person. He adopts us as His own children. He, he makes us His own And we are now a part of a family in which we love one another. That's our command. We love one another. Now, finally here, he says, and this is the good news that was preached to you. Again, it's the gospel. It's the good news. This is the good news. This word is the gospel. That's how we're saved. We hear the gospel. If we want to see people saved, we proclaim the gospel. It doesn't happen just by seeing, hey, those people are good people. I want to be like them. We got to preach the gospel. We hear the gospel and God does a work inside of us and changes our hearts. This is the good news that was preached to you. So... We'll back up again to end. We've got a lot of things to praise God for. We can praise God because He's caused us to be born again. We can praise God because that new birth has made us a family. You know, sometimes I talk about our families being um, um, almost idolatrous. <laughs> to where we, we think a family is, is higher than anything. But you know, some people live in families that are pretty tough. Some people live in families that are dysfunctional, I guess you would say. Abusive families. You know what? The church offers people the opportunity to be a part of a real family. A family that is greater and higher than that abusive family that they came from. You know what, that's, that is something we can praise God for. I don't know the backgrounds of everybody in here, but if you've had a bad experience with your own earthly family, there is a family here that you can be a part of. And that's something we can praise God for. And we have a future hope in glory. That's something we can praise God for. And He's called us to love one another. We can praise God for that. Our command... The charge for us coming out after hearing this message is love one another sincerely, fervently, earnestly, from a pure heart. Not with hypocrisy, but love one another, laying down our lives for one another, serving one another, bearing one another's burdens, love one another.